You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Indians fans. This is Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. I want to remind everyone that uh, over on my new writing site, let me make sure I get the address right, it is mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. I will have my final mock draft up on draft day, which is Wednesday. Uh, on Monday, I posted the end of my big board. I went 52 players deep, uh, including a personal favorite who I, I was tempted to slide in around 51, but uh, I just wanted to make sure I wrote up uh, Xavier Warren, a Central Michigan player. Uh, I was I've done three podcast, two podcasts today. I'm doing a radio show tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I get asked a lot of questions about uh, what other people are writing or posting in places. <laughs> So I spent some time looking at stuff today, and I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Keith Law and I almost never agree. We have very different approaches and views on things, and it's not to say we have perfect agreement. We certainly far from, but uh, we have a lot of areas that we are similar in terms of our big boards. Uh, most notably, it's like uh, Garrett Crochet, Austin Hendricks, some guys that are significantly higher in certain places that are lower on uh, our board. So that was kind of interesting to see. I did not expect that. Uh, Baseball America, um, I love the guys there, but I think the mock they released today for the Indians was uh, nonsensical. I've talked about before that Jared Kelly makes no sense to the Indians. He is not what they do at all. And Cole Henry uh, does not fit their models as he is a uh, draft-eligible sophomore. Uh, I think both would be uh, near impossible, but who knows? Maybe I'll end up being proven wrong. But at this point in time, I wouldn't take too much from that one. Because here's what happens, honestly is when you're working on a mock, there's a name that you're like, this guy needs to be higher. Now, again, going back to the Keith Law thing, uh, he and I both have Jared Kelly in the 30s. So we don't think he, you have to shove him somewhere in the 20s. But if you have him in the top 15, then you're trying to find a natural landing spot. They are spin rate heavy. Uh, Kelly doesn't have that. Kelly's a two-pitch guy, and they look for guys who are at least showing a third pitch. And they also look for really quick arms. Um, gosh, who was I writing up the other day? Uh, I'll have to look up that and maybe he'll be for tomorrow's podcast, kind of the name to know. But yeah, there's certain things they look for and you kind of have to look at that. The same reason that like Patrick Bailey to the White Sox probably doesn't work out when you know their overall history and what they're looking at. Um, just some things to keep in mind. Everyone's doing fantastic work. I don't want to seem uh, Carlos Clazo is one of the nicest guys in the business. Keith Law is really well connected. Uh, Kylie is on top of all this stuff. Eric is really locked in. I mean, everyone except for that Taylor Blake Ward dude. I just don't trust him. You guys know he's one of like my best writer friends. So let's move on. Who is the player to know today for the Cleveland Indians? Who's the draft prospect that I think the Indians could draft? And that player, I had my pause there because it's going to be a pronunciation issue. Kalia Rosario. Kalahe Rosario. He's an outfielder from uh, Waikiki uh, High School, I believe, or... Again, pronunciation is always going to be an issue. It, it can't be Kiki because there's one K from Waiaki High School. Uh, he's Hawaiian, and he is 17 years old. Will turn 18 in July. One of the youngest players in the class. One of the guys who's, you know, 17 all the way through next month. Outfielder right now, definitely going to be on the corners. He's played center field in in high school, but corner maybe he moves to first. What we know about him is he has some of the best exit velocity in the entire draft. The Indians do pay attention to exit velocity, and we know that about them. 
So when you're looking at probably one of the top five prep outfielders in terms of exit velocity, that certainly makes him a name to know. When you look at the fact that he's 17, name to know. And the Indians do have some history of drafting Hawaiian players. Kaye Tom, yes, he was at Kentucky at the time. Jod Carter, who was either the year before or the year out after, was a high school prep talent that they took. So, yeah, they do have some connections to the island. He is a 17-year-old, exit velocity, power potential, uh, right-handed bat, though. So that is the one area where they typically prefer that left-handed bat. So we'll have to see. Runs better than he gets credit for, but uh, the progression over on Perfect Game shows he's actually getting a bit slower. That shouldn't be too big of a shock. He's a big kid, 6 feet 1, 200 pounds. He's filling out, which is where a lot of that natural strength comes from. And that's also why we think that uh, long-term he'll move to one of the corner spots. But yeah, that is your daily draft prospect to know. Potential future Indians prospect, Dario, outfielder, Hawaii. And the other point on that uh, final thought on that, Cal Baptist recruit, not a huge program. Uh, makes it easier for him, let's say, if the Indians have some extra money saved in the third or fourth round to, to maybe go out and take a run at him. He's not a top 100 prospect on most boards, and he's not committed to a huge program. Those combined at fourth, fifth round, you know, you take him in the fourth, Trent Denholm in the fifth. Uh, after we take uh, uh, Tanner Witt and Jordan Walker in round one and Carson Montgomery in round two, and then I don't know who in round three. Uh, you know, those are Ricky Tidman. There we go. Now we've got our entire draft done. I, I, I did it. So let's move back around. Uh, I'm being ridiculous. It's it's been a lot a uh, lot of draft. Uh, I was I've been up till 5 a.m. most nights going through reports, writing, scouting, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I wake up around 10 or 11 with having uh, my daughter peppered me awake a few times in between that, uh, and then just trying to get as much done as I can. So a bit slap happy. So I hope you will uh, work with me as we go through it. Let's go back into our review of last year's draft. And let's pick up in the 29th round with Nate Ocker, reliever from the College of Charleston. Six-foot-tall right-hander, so he's undersized and he's a senior. Uh, depth arm, but someone who in his final three years was quite effective. A closer for his final two. And he worked as the closer for the Arizona Blue Squad. And as you'd expect from a polished 22-year-old with a wealth of experience in the back of the pen... He was really good. Uh, 15.5 strikeouts per nine, a two even for his walk per nine. His hit per nine being over nine is, is not ideal. That's over 18 innings and uh, 14 appearances. So he was out there, a um, few multi-inning ones. Again, he should dominate. Uh, it doesn't change my arrow or view. We'll have to see when baseball comes back uh, what they do with him, how aggressively he gets pushed. But at least he performed well. He was put in a situation to perform well and did that. Next up, 30th round, Jared Janz, Janzek from TCU. He had been a 32nd round pick. I'm sorry, he was a 31st round pick by the Indians. He had been a 32nd round pick in 2018 by the Angels. Uh, this time as a senior, he didn't really have a choice. And on top of being a senior, he was an old senior. That's what made this pick kind of shocking to me. He was a 24-year-old player when the Indians drafted him. Uh, let's see, has he turned, he'll turn 25, I'm sorry, he was, he was not 24, he was 23, but he was going to turn 24 at the end of the month, he'll turn 25 at the end of June, uh, so the 24-year-old pitcher that they put into rookie ball, good, I mean, not spectacular, not as good as Ocker per se, but, uh, strikeout per nine of almost 14, a walk per nine of 3.4, 
uh, and a hit per nine of a little over nine, 15 and two thirds innings. He did get one save. I was not just the age thing, but the fact that his final year he had control issues uh, also made him a guy where I was kind of shocked where the Indians went out and added him. But you always need more depth. I don't think anything he did really changes the evaluation or adds concerns. What will also not add concerns to your life is rockauto.com. They are our sponsor for the day. Rockauto.com is a place you can go. And when you do go there and use their service, they have a little place that says, how did you hear about us? Make sure to write locked on in there. But you're going to go there, and it's a really easy-to-navigate site to find what you need for your car. Uh, The chain stores often are going to be overpriced. And the nice thing is you can go into those chain stores, have your Rock Auto up on your phone, and look at their prices and compare. You're going to see... The example they give us here is that the fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey at Advanced is 354 and over at Rock Auto it's 217 So wherever you are, remember Rock Auto. Have them saved. Remember to tell them that we sent you. This is a great way to make sure that you are getting the best deal on the parts and pieces for your car. It's talking to people who know more about cars, and they're like, yeah, I go there, I use it. Uh, it's very easy to navigate. I'm not a car person, but I had no problems navigating the site to find information about parts for the cars that I own. So it's easy to use, great prices. RockAuto.com, in the How Did You Hear About Us, right uh, locked on. You're not going to regret it. Okay, 32nd round. Andrew Miyazaki Miyasasek, relief pitcher. Notice the theme. I now I'm remembering course we're late into it but yeah that was a big theme on top of the cape last year was guys who were already relief pitchers and he was from northeastern university in boston a four-year player for them it looks like and a guy who uh you know he was good the last two years in particular stand out um and during those years he racked up 24 saves another one of those guys with cape experience 2018 on the cape he was really good 24 innings, 5 saves, 10 strikeouts per 9, 2.6 walks per 9, 4.8 hits per 9, and a 1.11 ERA. Those are fantastic numbers for 2018. And as you recall, the 2018 draft, uh, Cape is were for the 2019 draft. So he is the guy, he fits both of their themes, right? Great on the Cape, relief pitcher. And the Indians liked him enough that he isn't just someone they buried down in Arizona. He got a chance to pitch in Mahoning Valley as well. Pitched 14 innings in Arizona and then 13 innings with Mahoning Valley. His strikeout rate was 9.9 across both levels, just shy of 10. His strikeout rate was actually higher. His strikeouts per nine was higher in Mahoning Valley than in uh, Arizona. The walk rate jumped from a 3.1 in Arizona to a 4.8, a 4 overall. And the hit rate also jumped, and his home run rate jumped to over 1 in Mahoning Valley. So he he did what we expect uh, an, an advanced pitcher to do against the Arizona kids. He moves up to Mahoning Valley. It's a bit more of a struggle. I think just anyone who got an opportunity to pitch in Mahoning Valley, you almost want to save the arrows up because so many of these arms they took who were older prospects didn't get that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I think you say he's up just in terms of valuation because uh, at least he got out of Arizona. Kevin Coulter, right-handed pitcher. Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, was their 33rd round pick. Big kid, six foot five, two twenty-seven. Uh, four-year player at Mercer, so another senior. Some up and down stats. Uh, had some 2017 uh, Cape Cod data that was all right. He's always very hittable in college. Uh, went out to Arizona, 
and had 36 innings all out of the pen, uh, 18 games. 11.6 strikeouts per nine, 3.5 walk per nine, 7.2 hit per nine, and he actually pitched well down there. That was his uh, the best performance of his life when you look at the data. He never really missed bats in college, and uh, his command was a little bit better in, in his college performances. But yeah, he was never a strikeout guy. Big strikeout numbers, which I don't know how much you, you sit back and you look at these strikeout numbers and realize what they are facing and the players they're going up against. And that it may not be as big of a deal, but another senior sign type of talent who did what was expected of him. Next up, Alex Wisely, 34th round pick out of the University of South Florida. Interesting from the perspective, he's a right-handed pitcher, but he's listed at 5'9", so very small. You know, uh, I just finished writing up a bunch of draft reviews, and it's like anyone who is under... Uh, anyone who's 6'2 or smaller is it's 6'2 or smaller is considered undersized for a right-handed pitcher. So I'm kind of used to, to writing that and being like, I'm I'm an undersized right-handed pitcher if I was a pitcher. Uh, Wisely played in 2018 and 2019 for South Florida, first as reliever and then as a starter, and the numbers were up and down. Uh, he hit a lot of batters uh, in 2019, 13 of them uh, in 15 starts. Didn't miss a lot of bats, and the walk rate was up. Uh, they put him in Arizona. High hit rate. Walk rate was still pretty high. Strikeout rate was 9.3. Uh, all Seven games, 11.2 innings, all working out of the pen. It looks like he probably had some more eligibility left, so he was someone the Indians had to, uh, to pony up to sign. And the name sticks out to me. I was trying to remember why, so I pulled up the old draft profile I wrote on him, and that it's his brother was taken in the 15th round. So there were a pair of Wisely's. Uh, he did not have eligibility left because he started out at uh, JUCO for two years, Gulf Coast College, and then led me and then moved to South Florida. Was a two-way guy for a part of his college career, and uh, I said that I thought his future would be in the bullpen. Uh, so hey, good on me. I predicted that correctly. I should, or I you know predicted the future. I don't know if it's necessarily anything where I was lucky or should think about buying a lottery ticket. I think it was just logical. Randy Labot, pitcher and first baseman in the 35th round in 2019. And back in 2015, out of high school, he was a 37th round draft pick at a Downey High School in Downey, California. Uh, he came out of the University of Arizona. So a kind of a, a big-name guy, uh, or at least in terms of a big-name program. He was a starter in his senior year for Arizona. Before that, he had been a mix of a starter and a bullpen arm. Uh, decent control numbers uh, the last two years and he didn't miss enough bats and they don't have his there we go his hitter data uh, he didn't do a whole lot didn't have a, a bunch of starts um, as uh, a first baseman so we don't have a ton of data there in all honesty so he's mostly a pitcher for the Indians they put him into Arizona the common theme he had 11 games there 31 innings, which is high compared to a lot of the guys we've talked about. What is nice to see is the walk rate of 1.5, because some of these guys we see the walk rate um, balloon. They're giving more free passes in Arizona than in college. A strikeout rate is over 11. Again, that's pretty consistent what they're seeing. I think the numbers are better than most of the other guys we've talked about. He's uh, a little more of an interesting player. Six foot one, and he's a lefty, and you can never have enough lefties. Uh, big big program guy. I mean, the Pac-12 is probably your third best college baseball uh, 
conference. So interesting name, interesting performance. And the last player to talk about amongst the players the Indians actually signed is Jake Forrester. He was taken in the 37th round um, out of Central Washington University, a six-foot-tall right-handed relief pitcher. Hey, another relief pitcher. I know everyone at home who is listening is shocked. Four-year player, another senior. Uh, That was the theme of the day. He turned 24 in December, so even a bit of an older senior. His last two years, he had been mostly working out of the pen and had some sick uh, strikeouts per nine at Central Washington, 17.1 and 17.7. In Arizona, the strikeout rate was 15. Struggled with his control and command, and that continued in Arizona. Uh, He was also a lot more hittable than he was in college. Only nine innings for him. It's hard to really judge a whole lot from nine innings. Uh, He's one of those guys that I kind of look at and go, he only got nine innings in. He was a 37th round pick uh, who's had control and command issues. If they're cutting a minor league team, this is the type of player due to their, you know, he's already 24. That's going to hurt him, especially if you lose an entire year and the Indians cut a minor league team. He's the type of guy who probably doesn't uh, benefit as much from it. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, That is everyone who signed. We will next week talk about the players who did not sign. But uh, that is a complete review of the entire 2019 MLB draft for the Cleveland Indians. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's a good class? Do you think it's a not-so-good class? Here we are a year later. We don't have the full data we typically have, but I'm curious, what are people's point of view on what the Indians did in 2019? It'll certainly be a lot easier to do that piece in a year when we talk about six players. I can do it all in just a single podcast for crying out loud. It's going to be an interesting draft. Uh, There's a lot of us with some kind of off-the-wall theories. It's going to be interesting to see if some teams do kind of punt this draft because there were owners who did not want the draft even happened. They didn't want that investiture. Is someone going to go out and sign a bunch of seniors for cheap and barely invest? Maybe. Uh, Could we see a crazy amount of teams do underslot deals because it is a deep draft? Maybe. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. No matter what, the Indians have six picks in a very deep draft. They could add two, maybe three players who have legitimate discussionary points for being in the Indians' top 10 prospects for next year. It's a, again, it's a very important draft and it is one that uh, you want to keep your eyes on. And when you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, you know, that means that the draft is a day away. Uh, No, I'm not going to sing any at this point. Uh, So instead, what I'm going to do is wrap up the show. I want to thank you all for listening, rating and reviewing, telling a friend, the interactions on Facebook, Twitter. It's all fantastic. Uh, Remember, the more people we get listening, the better it is for the show. And you can help by, you know, always making sure to download and play, always uh, alerting others to it who you think might enjoy it and who might listen. And the rating and reviewing, that's all fantastic for the future of the show. Remember to go check out the Locked On MLB podcast as well. Sully over there does great work, and we got to take over the show for part of last week. I have been Jeff Ellis. You have been fantastic as always. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft. You can find my writings over on mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. And as always, go Tribe!